Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman and I am thrilled to be joined tonight in person sitting across from me, the fastest 100 miler in the United States this year. So uh, far. So far uh, in 2018. Jim Sweeney. Jim, welcome to The Pain Cave. Thank you. Thanks for coming. It is great to have you here. I haven't seen you for a while. Uh, congratulations on the race at Hennepin, which we're going to get into very shortly. How have you been? I've been good. We were just talking before we came on about the new job, which we should talk about a little bit since this is an ultra running podcast. Obviously, we need to talk a little bit about beer. It's we're contractually obligated to do so. And uh, yeah, you you were saying you used to work at Fleet Feet for about ten years, and then almost ten years, yeah. and then recently started working at West Hill Brewery. Tell us a little bit about how that came about. So, um, I I've been wanting to get into the. Uh, brewing industry for a couple years now um i've even come down and went to yard owl at one point and Mm -hmm. talked with those guys and um i even was going to school for fermentation science for a little bit and uh west kill had a job opening for an assistant brewer and so i said heck with it and applied and i actually got hired so um i started about five weeks ago and i help in the brewing process i also do some deliveries and um we're gonna start doing some more detailed cell counting and cell viability stuff so that's why i was essentially brought in so on the kind of the scientific angle yes westkill's from what i have read really one of the up-and-coming catskill hudson valley breweries within the last couple of years yeah we we brew about a thousand barrels a year right now They've only been open for a year and a half. Right. Um, and another reason they brought me on is they want to ramp up production. So um, we sell down into the city and all the way up just north of Albany. And a style or a type of beer that they're most known for at this point? You said the Pale Ale is really their, uh, their top Earn Your seller. Keep is, I believe, the the popular one. Um, right now, I think the only place you can get it is at the tap room right now. Is Black, Black Dome is a fantastic imperial stout. It's an 8.8% ABV that is... Um, Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just had some of the Earn Your Cape, which is delicious, and I am about to open... Moon Farmer. Moon Farmer, Northeast IPA. Uh, okay, awesome. Well, thank you for bringing the beer down. Of course. Cheers. So, oh, that's very good. That's not overwhelming. That's actually really no, good. No, it's, it's, a, it's a well-balanced yeah, um, yeah. IPA. Really nice. Thank you. So... We didn't want to just talk about beer, obviously. The impetus for having you down was your recent performance at the Hennepin 100, which we're going to get into uh, very shortly. But let's do a little bit of background because not everyone, I think, is going to be familiar with your career uh, right off the top. And, you know, 2018 really has been, I think, a breakthrough year for you, uh, which is saying something because you've been in the sport, even though you're still, a young, what are you, 36, 37, 37. 37. So still, I mean, you've got a long way to go still, but you've had a career that's already been 10 years, 12 years on the ultra scene. Um, 2006, I believe, is when I ran my first ultra. Yeah, so, so yeah, 12, 12 years. years. And and it, it's not like you haven't had your share of success uh, by any stretch. Just off the top of my head, I know a second place at JFK, which is... Which was in 06. That's in 06. So that's 12 years ago. And that's a career maker almost. I mean, that's obviously the largest and, and oldest ultra marathon in the country. A third at Vermont 100. That was, I'm going to say, 13 maybe? Third at Vermont 100. That was in 09. That was okay. my first 100 miler. Right. 
So, yeah, you've been on the scene for a long time, but I still think that 2018 really has been kind of a breakthrough for you in terms of going to another level, which is maybe a little weird to say to somebody who, like I said, has been second at JFK. But, you know, with all due respect, you're second at JFK. I think you've actually run faster than you would run. I actually haven't. That's the oh, okay. fastest time. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was not, you know, a, a 540 or a 550 or something. I mean, it was a, a, a very solid time, but you've run faster 50 miles than you ran at JFK that day. Correct. You know, but but some of the performances you've put in this year have been really kind of off the charts, you know, even before what, what happened last weekend. What's changed for you? Is it is it just experience? Is it, you know, just accumulation of mileage? Did you make any changes in terms of your training regimen or anything that kind of set you up for this year? I think it's a couple of things. Um, so I had, so going back a couple of years, so it's, this year's 2018. So 2015, 2016 were, were rough years for me. I was injured. I just couldn't get healthy. I didn't feel right. Um, so I definitely took a step back there and I think ultimately that rest has helped. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in 2017, I ran the most mileage in a year that I've ever had and I'm on pace to run roughly the same amount of mileage this year. However, this year I'm doing everything faster. Um, I also have a new training partner. Um, he's a former, one fifty eight hundred guy. So everything we do wow. is fast. Yeah. Um, heck we have a loop. It's a 12 mile loop called the barn loop in Albany. Um, we tend to do that at, you know, six forty five pace just on a normal run now. Wow. Um, we have a 10 mile run. We do every Wednesday night, a group of us, and we often are running sub six minute pace to finish that off. Just it's kind of a whose dick is bigger contest. <laughs> um, and I've concentrated, on on some track work um not that i've never i mean i've always concentrated on track work but i i think i've been having pete and having josh merlis um mm -hmm. and a couple other guys it's just been a really nice group to run with and then i have to my girlfriend uh who has a, basically i eat everything she brings in and she eats extremely healthy mm -hmm. so it's a lot of seafood a lot of vegetables right no extra sugar and anything and right all that fun stuff so, right you look um, skinny i've i i haven't lost a ton of weight i think i've just changed my uh body like your composition composition yeah yeah, yeah. um and i even felt that way during the race really um i could just tell i felt lighter it, yeah yeah, you look, I mean, your your shape looks, I don't know, you know, just, yeah, your yeah. body composition looks yeah. different. I mean, even, like I said, it's even, been a while since I've seen Even from it. April when I ran yeah, you, my fastest. Just even six, six weeks ago, or six months ago. So you said um, last year was the most mileage you've ever run. What are we What are we looking at? Uh, just shy of 4,000. It was like 39, 60. Okay, so that's not insane. Like that. That's no, I, 80 I, a week, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I think, I guess at 80 a week, you can get, a, get away with doing a little bit, a little bit more of it at a higher effort level. I mean, if you're doing like 120 miles a week, you can't, you can't run 50 or 60% of that at 630 pace. No. And I, I personally, I have tried to do the 110 miles a week, week right. in and week out. And I just, I don't seem to be able to respond well at that. Mm -hmm. So I, I seem to do much better somewhere between 70 and 90 and faster right with a little bit of a higher yeah. intensity yeah yeah so that's interesting you know the more people you talk to who are succeeding at a real high level the more you realize how important the the quality is you know especially as we get a little bit older i think the the accumulation of miles maybe you don't quite need as many 
long, slow miles as we used to when we were in our 20s. I mean, I think we responded to that quite a bit when we were younger just because we didn't have that accumulation of mileage. Now that muscle memory is there and it's really it's, it's about preserving kind of the fast twitch and the, and, and the, uh, the fitness. I think for the most part that's true, but I like I'll put I'll put 60 mile weekends together. Um, really twice a month. Really? Yeah. And how are you doing that? 20 and 40, 30 and 30? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. In singles or you doubling up? Usually in singles. I, I rarely run doubles. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. It works. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of injuries were you dealing with? Because it was a couple of years there where was, you were kind of in the darkness. Yeah. Um, so it started out, um, I'm really not 100% sure, but it was a mix of my glute, probably my piriformis, although that usually gets thrown into things where it shouldn't. Right. Um, my IT band um my so as that whole area was just a mess mm-hmm. um and it took me probably six months or so of just uh religiously stretching and foam rolling and massage therapy um to get that feeling loose again mm-hmm. which i still need to actively do right um yeah it's a, like a nightly battle it's, for me it's a yeah, nightly, daily. I mean, heck, I had to get up at two o'clock in the morning this morning just to uh, roll out my hip because it was um, achy. But um, yeah, that's that was pretty much the majority of the issue. Um, and then, of course, I lost a lot of fitness because I sure. wasn't running. Right, right. So then it's just much, just so. battling back at that point. Yeah. Just from uh, an outside observer, it seemed like Twisted Branch last year was a a real that was kind of like to me, marked your return on the scene, at least at the level that I was used to seeing yet. Uh, from an outside preserver pre- uh, perspective, yeah. Um, although I would have said Umstead um, last year. Umstead last spring, probably, yeah. Even though I didn't run well, um, run well for me, um, it, it gave me an indication as to that I, I was very well on my way. Right, right, right. And what did you run there last year? Last year was 16 something right so i mean a very solid performance yeah. maybe but right maybe not up to kind of quite your lofty yeah. standard it was one of those like i, I ran i think uh it went through the 50 miles and i think it was on 14 hour pace wow just didn't keep it right 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 okay so and then yeah twisted branch last year in, in 17 uh, course record there in the win and i think that was when i was kind of like all right now he's back and this year, like I said, has really been a breakthrough for you. I think, I think we've always seen that potential again with the, you know your JFK, your Vermont finishes, and 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 other performances here and there. I mean, you've run fifty k in like three twenty or better, uh, three twenty low low three twenties. I mean, certainly you've always 313, had thirteen. I think yeah, you've had the range and and the ability, but even kind of having seen you gone through that progression for a long time, I don't know if I kind of quite pictured what happened this year. And I guess that's just like you said, kind of finding your training groove of a obviously staying healthy. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's consistent mileage, but also that that having that right intensity level in there. Um, because I don't know, I, I would have said if you would ask me a year and a half ago, what I thought your kind of upper limited performance, I, I wouldn't have been shocked by a 14 hour 100. But to be running low 13 hour hundred is uh that's a that's a whole different level yeah at the start of hennepin this year i uh sam skeels was there who's also a, a low 14 hour guy and we had run together at burning river in 2013 so we knew each other and um 
we agreed we both wanted to to get out and and break 14 this year um and we even had that conversation he even asked me like what do you think right now i could do and it's funny up until that question i never thought i could break 1330 right. i thought 1330 was my upper limit i now think it's much faster <laughs> <laughs> so but so going into the race you hadn't really con- you, i mean did you know that you were I mean, obviously you knew you were fit, but did you know you were ready for a breakthrough of this magnitude? Um, I knew I was fit. I I did not expect the ability to possibly break 13 hours. Right. Um, I went in wanting to run 1330. That that was my goal. Right. Um, running 1309 was, was not a... That was not on the, the okay. radar. Okay. No. All right. So before we get into that, though, let's talk briefly about Umstead because, again, that was a hu- that was a huge PR for you to begin with earlier this year. Seven minutes. Okay. Still, uh, I think, uh, again, a little bit beyond where I thought you probably were based on what you had been running recently. And you, you finished a very close second to Olivier LeBlanc there, who is the multi-time uh, U.S. 24-hour champ. American record holder in the 48 hour. That's right. Newly minted uh, at that time, actually, just mm-hmm. a few months earlier and top 10 at, at World 24 Hour as well. It, what what was it was like 1403 to 1406 or something like that? 1405 to 1407. Right. And it seemed like if you had maybe I needed three about more, three, three more, more miles, miles. Yeah, it was going to be it was yeah. going to be different. So uh, tell us a little bit about that race going in and then like just your execution, how that, that went for you. And, and, you know, did you know you were closing on him? How did it feel and that sort of thing? So going into that race, um, I knew I was in pretty good shape. I thought I, I thought I was in 14 hour shape workouts. I had been doing suggested I could, although I also had some workouts that suggested I could very well blow up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so my goal was to run as even as possible. Um, I think, 145 a lap roughly would have brought me to 14 hours um which i surprised my dad the entire day i was pretty much on that the entire the the entire day right on that pace um that race unfolded weird for me um you know going through the first checkpoint i was sitting back in like 20th place and there were four guys out running 730 pace and um I'm sitting going like, what the heck is going on? But I paid attention to my watch. I paid attention to how I was feeling. And I was like, well, I know how these things work. They'll probably come back to me at some point. Yeah. Most most of them at least. Um, And uh, I kind of ran the first 50 miles or so by myself. Um, I ended up catching up to um, Zach Marin, Mm -hmm. um, who we we had run. I don't know. We ran like every race together um (laughs) over the last year it seems that way at least and so um i caught up to him and we were talking for a little bit and he was definitely he was one of the guys who went out at 7 30 pace and um he even made a comment to me he's like yeah we all went out at 7 30 pace we even talked about how stupid this is yet we continue (laughs) to do it and i'm like okay well you guys are clearly in good shape but um so i ended up running i finished the 50 miles with him Mm -hmm. and um I kept going. I tend to rip through the aid stations. I don't stay there very long. And uh, I knew Matt Ubricchio from Seattle, I believe, mm-hmm. who is a very fast runner. Yeah. Um, I knew he wasn't terribly far ahead of me. Um, I had no idea where Olivier was at that point. Right. Um, so I ended up catching Matt, I think, on the back half of the fifth lap it was either the back half of the fifth or back half of the sixth i don't remember and these are like 12 and a half mile loops i think 12 and a half mile yeah. loops yeah and the back half is the hilly 
the hilly harder section right which is usually my strength again i was just cruising along had no idea where um olivier was i kept brie my girlfriend kept telling me that he's like 30 minutes ahead of me i'm not going to catch him don't worry about it so i completely forgot about him i was like i'm going to finish second right i'm going to run roughly 14 hours this is a good race right um so my dad my dad ran with me on the on lap seven and um we're coming down into the finish which is like a short out and back so olivier and his crew member or his pacer was coming up the hill as my dad and I were coming down the hill. Okay. That was the first time that I realized I had a shot at maybe catching him. Right. Um, as it turns out, he was still six minutes ahead of me at that point. I didn't realize that. Yeah. With 12 and a half to go. Right. Um, so, uh, 30 seconds a mile. That's a lot. uh, Yeah, it was a lot. Um, I also said to myself, if I'm going to catch him, I'm going to catch him in that hilly section between miles six and seven and 10. Right. Um, and I didn't unfortunately, but, um, I still put, I still closed like three and a half minutes on him on that loop. Um, I guess he had, I can't remember if it was 23 or 27 minute lead on me at one point. Wow. But, um, that's, that's kind of how it closed out. Um, my girlfriend ran with me for the first six miles of the last loop. Um, I think that was my fastest. I had some of my fastest miles in there because of her. (laughs) Um, yeah, she's she knows what to say. She's a good coach. She knows what to do, yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, and so I mean, it was a great finish. It was a great race. Um Olivier kind of yelled at me for for closing in on him, which was kind of <laughs> funny. Um but uh it was a good race. So, but to hear you say it and I think knowing you for a while as I do, I don't think that I mean, some of us might have been surprised. I wasn't shocked. But I think some people were a little bit surprised. I don't think you were surprised at all. You always knew you were capable of something like that. I wasn't surprised at that. No, I right. really thought I had sub fourteen in me that day. Right. Um, especially in the pouring rain, and it was like forty. Yeah, I was going to say out. the <laughs> weather was miserable. It was not not the easiest day to get out. Um, fast. it even snowed overnight. Did it really? Wow. Yeah, I think it was the first time it's ever snowed at Olmsted. Oh God. Um. So, yeah, not easy conditions. Um. But yeah, I knew I knew I had it in me. I knew Olivier had it in him too, so um, I was just hoping I could right. be on the other side of that two minutes. So, and then you ran a, a recovery, quote unquote, race at uh, Trap Rock a week later. Kind of struggled through that, but still a solid finish. And then rebroke your own course record at Twisted Branch later in the summer. Did you did you know that it was going to be? Was your season kind of set up to build to Hennepin like this? Um, actually, Hennepin, no. No, I had actually no, I didn't even know. Well, I knew of Hennepin, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't on my radar. Um, I had run Grindstone or I started Grindstone last year mm-hmm. and I ended up, so at Twisted Branch last year, I kicked a rock at some point. I really screwed up my foot um, and that hadn't completely healed. And at Grindstone, I did it again. La- I kicked a last rock. Last October. You're yeah. Saying. Last yep. October. So, so, um, I had to drop out at like mile 22. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm pretty sure I was the first one to drop out. So I was first at something. Um, and, <laughs> and, um, my idea was to go back to grindstone and, and actually complete the race. Um, however, I ran the 1407 at Umstead and I, I didn't hit my goal. So I wanted to actually run Yavelina. Oh, okay. Um, however, my crew couldn't make it that day. Mm-hmm. And those that I knew in Arizona couldn't commit 
at the moment in time. So I decided to look around for another weekend and a hennepin popped up. I didn't want to do tunnel Hill. It was too close to JFK. Okay. Um, so hennepin was what it was. And, uh, so you, that, you were it. basically, so, I mean the races that you're talking about here, hennepin, tunnel Hill, Javelina, basically you're looking at fast courses. You, you wanted a time. Had you thought about going after the 24 hour standard? Cause I, that had been a goal the last time worlds were coming around. Um, at, yes, I was actually, I had North coast slated into my schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they moved at first they canceled worlds in 2019 Yeah, and then they moved worlds to a weekend. I wouldn't be able to go. Oh, okay. So you weren't going to be, so able to I was anyway. like, I'm not doing North coast. Okay. Let's, th- yeah, basically. And then let's find, let's right. find a fast hundred. Okay. So you went into Hennepin kind of knowing that you were ready to break 14 and maybe run 1330 if everything went well. Anything different other than, I mean, other than your normal training, anything different about your preparation going in, a different taper? What, what, what is your taper like? Do you, do you do like a two week taper or do you cut the mileage way back? How do you, how do you, how do you do it? So this year's, well, for Hennepin's taper, it was kind of weird because I just had started my new job, Mm -hmm. which is a very physical job. Um, so my first couple weeks, I, at my job, I, I dropped my mileage to about 50 miles a week because my legs were shot at the end of the day, um, right. every day. Right. Uh, so I kind of was like, I was a little concerned about the race and, and feeling recovered. I actually did a three by mile workout with one of my friends at five twenty pace, you know, four days before the race, five, five days before the race. Did you really? Four days before the race. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I actually think, oh, and then the weekend before that I had done a 16 miler and we, we were running sub six minute pace for a fairly good chunk of that, wow. which I'm glad I did that run because it gave me the confidence. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the workout seemed to loosen up my legs. I mean, that's kind of how I like to manage my taper as well is like cut the mileage back, but kind of keep the intensity in there. Otherwise I really do feel like I get flat. Yeah. And actually if you read everything, you everything I read and everything anybody has ever told me who knows what they're talking about and running has always said, never cut the intensity. Right. Right. I think that's the, the trick that a lot of people get into or the trap that they fall into is they're like, Oh, it's taper. I'm not doing anything, but right. you, you do need to, I mean, even if the mileage is nothing, but you, you really do still need to get the, the juices flowing a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise, you get stale, and especially after you've been training for a long time. So, all right, normal training buildup, a little tired from work, but you manage that. Tell us about the race, man. So, um, my girlfriend said I was the most relaxed I've ever been at the start of a race. Really? Um, yeah, it was it was weird. It was like I was just going for a long run. Right. Um, I had wasn't worried about it. I had my plan. I actually wore a Garmin watch for the first time ever in a race <laughs> just to, just so I wouldn't overdo it. Cause every once in a while on the canal, I, I would see like a seven twenty something mile on there. I'm like, okay, I got to slow down. Right. Right. But what was nice is, um, Sam skills was there mm-hmm. as well. And his goal was also to break 14. So we, at the start of the race said, Hey, let's run together for as long as possible. Right. And were you guys off the front immediately? Uh, the, well, the 50-mile race started with uh, us, too. Okay. So um, we weren't off the front. Uh, we were 1-2 for the 100, yeah. but we weren't off the front. You had 50 miles around you and stuff. Um, yep. We had – I know right away we probably had 10 or so 50-milers ahead of us, maybe one other 100-miler. Okay. But um, very quickly, most of those guys came back. Mm-hmm. Um, we even ran with uh, Mark, the uh, 
the winner of the 50 miler for a good chunk of it no okay which was nice so the three of us kind of just cruised cruised along for roughly 40 miles together wow um just talking not talking yeah paying attention to the nice thing i mean it's a gorgeous course yeah so i was able to zone out for a lot of the first um i will say i was after the first 50k i was a little worried um because it's a slight downhill for the first 50k right my quads were kind of tightening up a little bit right um so i was a little concerned thankfully i could stretch out a little bit and it seemed to be fine though okay and what's the terrain like is it mostly just crushed crushed gravel it was crushed gravel and a little bit of pavement i was surprised on how much of that path was actually paved huh okay um yeah so that'll do a number on your quads too if you're not careful um of course we hit the turnaround point and the rest of it was so 50 miles of it's all uphill right 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 (laughs) (laughs) not that it was much uphill um so when did sam drop back so around 40 miles, um, it was just he and I at the time. Mark, I think, was – he wasn't that far behind us, but right. he was behind us. Um, and he just said, I, I got to slow down. I'm, I'm going to stop to go to the bathroom, and, and I got to slow down. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll – you know, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I rounded a bend, and I could see the second-place 50-miler guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, let's just focus on him and try to catch him and – I did it in aid station and again, I get in and out of aid stations very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, got in, got out and, and just took off down to the turnarounds. I ended up catching the first, the guy who was in first place as well for the 50 miler at the time, um, before the 50 mile finish. So I got to our turnaround point, which was roughly 52 miles. Okay. And, um, I stopped at an unmanned aid station and I looked at my watch at 50 miles and it was six and a half hours and I'm sitting there like, Oh crap. <laughs> Maybe this was a little too fast. Um, but you felt all right still because I turned around, I think, and I wasn't running necessarily downhill. It was slightly up now. Yeah, I yeah. think my, my legs were just, um, in a little bit of shock, but I did, st- I stopped for a second. I actually took my shoe off and took the gravel out of my shoe. That was <laughs> causing a blister under my big toe. And, um, put my shoe back on and I don't know, it seems fine. I, I felt fine after that. Okay. Um, I saw Sam not that long after that. And, um, so I thought maybe he had a chance to catch back up to me. He ended up not catching back up to me, but, um, yeah, I just cruised from, from 57 to 75 was kind of just, a it was just nice cruising. Mm-hmm. I was by myself mm-hmm. kind of, I don't even know what I was thinking about. I know I had random songs going through my head. <laughs> um, but around mile 73 or 74, I looked at my watch and I started doing the math and I'm like, wow, I'm on sub 13 hour pace. Right. Not by much, but I was still on sub 13 hour pace up to 75. And I even said that to my crew at mile 75 and they're like, yeah, we're aware of this. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, did you hit a dark patch at all? My dark patch was basically the last 12 miles. Okay. Um, that was my real dark patch. Uh, I hit 88 miles. I was still on pace for sub 13 hours, but but at that point I had already Kinda started slowing down happen. and I knew it wasn't going to happen. Right. Um, and at that point I needed a headlamp. Apparently my headlamp wasn't working. Uh, <laughs> so thankfully my dad, who the always prepared engineer, um, had an extra headlamp. So I used his. And uh, thankfully, I also didn't need a, a pacer because right, I was going to say you, wouldn't. I, I did it without a pacer. Yeah, you were solo the whole way. I, I did it. Yep, solo the whole way. So, um, 
Yeah, because otherwise the pacer wouldn't have had a had a headlamp. <laughs> um, I didn't need it for another couple miles, but but once it got dark, it got really dark mm-hmm. um, to the point where I could only see what the headlamp was focused on. Right. Um, so 88 to 95, which was the last time I saw my crew, was a struggle. I had definitely slowed. I had, At that point, my Garmin had died, so I, I wasn't even... I had no idea what pace I was running. Um, I assumed it was around nine minute pace. According mm-hmm. to my splits, that's about right. But I knew I was tired coming into mile 95 because I heard this noise off in the distance and I thought it was my crew. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, that's not my crew. I thought it was a loon. Uh, <laughs> not not a crazy person, but the, <laughs> right, the, the bird. bird. Yeah. Um, and... So I get to my crew and they're like, oh, we were worried about you. Uh, those were coyotes you heard. I was like, oh, okay. I, I couldn't put that together at all. Um, but I, I went through mile 95 fairly quickly. Probably It was probably the slowest aid station, but still fairly quickly. And um, I did everything I could to, to just keep putting one foot in front of the other to get to the finish because I just yeah. wanted to be done at that point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you get to that point, certainly, even even on a good day where it's just like – yeah. Yeah, I, I remember even coming into 95 going to Bree. I was like, I, I wish this was the finish. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you had enough of a lead at that point that you were just, you were not worried about that. No, I wasn't you worried about that. Sub 13. I and... just, I, I wanted, I wanted to make sure I was still under 1330. Right. I mean, I think I could have walked it in at that point Probably, and still yeah. done that. But, um, but I also knew what I was doing was pretty spectacular and I wanted as fast a time as possible. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe sub thirteen oh five was possible um, at that point, but um, thirteen oh nine. I mean, I can't complain. Yeah, no. I mean, really, a very, very impressive performance. Obviously, and I mean, off the top of my head, I don't think anyone yet this year has been within thirty or forty minutes of it. John Olson was in the thirteen mid thirteen forties, I think. Ironically, the there was a woman in Germany the same weekend I ran Hennepin who went 1335. Oh, okay. So, well, I, U.S. at least is okay. that's what I'm most familiar with. Um, and, you know, we'll see if it stands up as the number one time of the year. I mean, you still got Tunnel Hill and Ghost Train. And to, Brazos. And Brazos. And, 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 and Brazos. Uh, Desert Solstice, I guess, and if Desert. anyone's going yeah, for Zach it. Yeah, Zach Bitter's going to be there, but I heard he's doing the 24 hours, so maybe I'm safe there. Okay, okay. Regardless, it's going to be somewhere up in the top five mm-hmm. and very impressive. Do you, I mean, having had this this race specifically, but kind of this year in general behind you now, do you feel like your kind of position in the ultra universe has changed at all? Uh, maybe a little. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me I ask definitely... you, do you think it should? I mean, do you think that your, your I don't want to say fame or whatever, but your regard among, among uh, the... I don't know if it should. I mean, it's it's one race. I mean, yeah, I've had a good year. I, I think people have had better years this year than I have. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this is really the first time I've gotten the media attention. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've always gotten a little bit of media attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been on I Run Far a couple of times. I mean, really brief snippets. Sure. Um, and I know when I travel, people know who I am to some degree. Right. Um. But no, I think this is this has changed a little bit. This mm-hmm. is a little different. Yeah, yeah. So, looking forward, what's next? So my next race is JFK. Okay. Um, I really would like to break six hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel, I feel like I should. I, I, I feel like it should be a foregone conclusion at this point. 
I mean, you've and you've run six twelve. I've run six twelve. I've run six thirteen. Yeah. I've run six fifteen. I've run six eighteen. So, <laughs> and right, and that that's obviously before you, before you were a, a near thirteen hour hundred miler. Yeah, and that that's that's an like we were saying before. I mean, you've been second there in six twelve, but I think sub six at JFK. That's that's a different, a different echelon level. of ultra runner, and and that's I mean that's putting you among kind of the greats of all time. I mean, maybe not the all-time great, but at JFK, there are still the, the list is still very short of people that have broken six hours there. Yeah, it's definitely less than fifty people. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's that that would be something else, and so yeah, that that'll be something to look forward to. Who else is going to be there this year? Do you know? I honestly have no idea. Yeah. Um, I would assume Eric Sensman. He won it last year. Yeah. Right? I would assume Michael Owen. He's always there. Well, um, he just had a long day at Grindstone, so... He did, but it was the same weekend as I... Yeah, no, NFL, for sure. So, um, he, he was out there seven hours longer than you were. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's tough. He and he's I have, very, very he tough. He and I have run a few times together, and he... I would not put it past him being at JFK. Yeah. No, and he's had a really good year, too. He had a yes. great run at Cayuga earlier this year. Yep. Had a, a really nice finish at um, at Western States. Yes. Uh, he, he really has had a very, very solid year. Um, and he's another guy who is always under the radar. Yeah. Um, I have no idea if Anthony Kunkel will be there. Um, I think he's running 100K Worlds, or that's already passed, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I, I have no idea, but I'm assuming it's going to be roughly... Oh, Jacob Puzzi, I believe, is running. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm assuming Mike Wardian's also running. Sure. So. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, well, the field will be there for somebody to, you know, step up and break six hours. It's, you know, you certainly won't be solo there. Yeah. What about next year? Uh, back to the 24-hour at some point? Or are you going to uh, stay on the trails for a while? Uh, I, I think I have uh, sort of created a little bit of a monster myself. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to run Umstead again. Mm-hmm. It'll be my fifth year. It's also the race I want to get my 1,000-mile buckle, so which is why I keep going back. Um, I, I would love to attempt to break 13 hours there. Um, okay. I have no idea if it's possible. Right. Um, I think it might be one of those epic blow up races, <laughs> but at least I'll try. Well, and, and I mean, you know, at, at that time of year in that part of the country with the weather, it, it's a crapshoot. You could get a great day. You could get a shit day. I mean, I will adjust my, I will adjust my goal depending on the weather. Right. Um, but every time I've run there for the most part, it, the weather hasn't been terrible. Okay. Um, Umstead is definitely on the list. I, I am going to put in for Western States this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to probably be a huge determinant as to the rest of my schedule. Sure. Um, a 24 hour is in the future, but probably not in 2019. Right. So 2019, obviously there'll be a world that's a world's year, which means 2020, probably not. So, uh, guys like you and I are looking at probably the next time 2020 looking to qualify for 2021. Correct. So that makes sense. Um, now, you know, from what we've been talking about, a lot of the races that we have been discussing, such as JFK, Umstead, uh, Hennepin, obviously, these are, I don't want to say flat, but flat-ish, mostly non-technical. I mean, yeah, in the ultra got its, world, they're flat. Right. But you've you've had your share of experience with kind of more burly, mountainous type races. Like you said, Grindstone, which did not go as planned, but you've run um, Escarpment, obviously, you've run... Uh, uh, Manitou's, I believe. I did. Which you know, yeah, that's as terrible Last as it year. as it comes. That is probably the. I would put that as one of the toughest races in the United States. Yeah. Full stop. Full. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I actually ran that slower 
than Hennepin. <laughs> Total, yeah, yeah, for 54 miles. For 54 miles. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you've got that's a 54 mile race where I think the course record is something like 10, 11 hours. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> so and just... and that's I mean those are those are top flight guys taking shots at that. That's yeah. Ben and and. Um, Jan and, Jan and Brian, Brian and, yeah. and all those guys. So, I mean, these, these are guys who can run six hours for 50 miles. Or uh, faster. Yeah. So, so I mean, like I said, it's it's not like you're a stranger to not these even more. Even Twisted Branch has 10,000 feet of climbing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a deceptively difficult course, it's I think. Extremely difficult. So, you know, certainly you've got the leg speed and you've got the background to, you know, to chase these really fast times. But I think you've got you've shown enough aptitude at the really rugged stuff that you could kind of pop up in something else. And, and I mean, do you have, do you have any desire to go West and, and do some of the big mountain races or? Yeah. So if I don't get into Western States, um, I think Bighorn oh, is on my radar. If I don't yeah. get into Western States, um, hard rock is my ultimate. Is it really? It is. Okay. Um, and hard rock kind of scares the crap out of me. Although yeah, with Manitou, good reason. Manitou scared the crap out of me, but I did it. And right. It doesn't scare me anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I definitely want to get some of those mountain races. I want to do, you know, Fat Dog 120 at some point. I want to mm-hmm. do Sinister 7 at some point. Okay. I want to do, um, I want to I want to finish Run Rabbit Run. So Bighorn, Bighorn could be, I want to do Grindstone. I want to do Cruel Jewel. Oh, so yeah. So they're, they're all on there. Yeah. They're on my bucket list. Yeah. Um, it's, I... I also know I'm going to have my strength a heck of a lot longer than I'm going to have my speed. Right. So, um, which I think is partly why I'm pushing that off. Kind of, yeah. Makes sense to chase some of the faster stuff now yeah. and go for the burlier stuff Especially now later. that I'm, I'm having fun. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. Um, I've got some training partners who will help me get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this, this upcoming year, 2019, yeah, I will probably focus on another fast hundred. What are some staple workouts? Not to jump around too much, but what? Are, what? Give me a couple of staple workouts for you when you're running with these guys who have this like real leg speed background. You guys, I mean, is it mile repeats? Is it hill reps? Is it tempo runs? What? What kind of stuff do you guys focus on? So in the winter, uh, Pete and I, we would, um, well, U Albany. We we tend to meet at U Albany, mm-hmm. which is a has a perimeter road which is almost exactly three miles okay um and we would do you know like three by three mile at six ish minute pace with okay. a mile recovery mm-hmm. or four by three mile i mean we kind of built to that um we did that over the winter and then once the track was clear we'd be on the track heck we've done as short as 400s and we've gone as long as 2000s mm-hmm. um whether it was at vo2 max pace or lt pace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. depends on the week okay so i mean these are real bread and butter you know track cross country workouts yep yeah absolutely so you're looking at three to six miles of interval work on the track at a time yeah i'm trying not to go more than four miles okay every once in a while i do go five just to help out um some of my part uh teammates mm-hmm. to um to get to their uh to their goals as well so um, but i try to keep the vo2 max stuff to four miles or less mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But even still, we like we have our, our standing 10-mile run every Wednesday night, and that often goes the last five miles at six-minute pace. Wow. Or, or even some long runs. Heck, I will finish a 37-mile long run with a 530-mile. Will you really? Mostly because I everybody else was pushing the pace the entire day and sure. I just needed to <laughs> just reassert your boss. dominance. <laughs> <laughs> do you, 
That's hard to do, though. I mean, after, you know, a five or a six hour day to to kind of get that turnover. Like, I mean, once you get locked into that kind of, you know, ultra shuffle. Yeah. Um, and it's not like we were lollygagging either. I mean, sure. that I'm um, the one run I'm particular thinking about. We we were around seven, seven, 15 pace all day long. Wow. And we just um, dropped it down to I think with five miles to go, we started dropping it down. So each mile got a little faster wow. in the last five miles. So that's, I mean, I mean, that's, that's the, I do a lot of the similar type of workouts as what you're describing, but that's the kind of stuff I don't do. Like if it's a 30 or 40 mile day, I'm doing like eight, nine minute pace basically. Yeah. I mean, it's not always that way, but yeah, but every once in a while it's there. Yeah. I mean, but that's the difference. I mean, that's how you're still able to run sub eights, you know, after 10, 12, 14 hours. Um, that's, that's the difference between running a 1309 and a 1509, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know you and I, I actually, I think you run more mileage than I do. Overall, probably. My guess is I probably do more speed work than you. Yeah, most likely. I mean, how many days a week? Two with a, another day in there with speed that wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like one to two probably yeah. of like dedicated. But then know. the majority of my runs this year have been seven ish pace or faster. Yeah. So that's the difference. I mean, and, and right, because I, I tend to, you know, when I'm in a training block, I tend to kind of coalesce more around the hundred, 105 a week. So I can't do it at seven. I mean, I do it at eight to nine minute pace basically. And that's the other thing is I, I kind of don't follow a training plan. Right. Um, I know that's a lot of people do have like these blocks. I'm just like, so what are we doing today? Yeah. With a lot of guys. How you um, feel? Yeah. Whoever's around. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I go. I mean, I do have my weekends are usually pretty regimented, mm-hmm. but during the week it's not. As long as it's quality, it's quality. And yeah. There's something to be said for that too about not needing to get a specific workout done. Like from a mental standpoint, it's just like I know I've done work, it doesn't really matter what it is, and then you're you know, you don't have like some emotional component tied up in like hitting a specific time or a specific workout or something like that. Right. Yeah. That's good. It it definitely leads to adaptability as well, which is kind of a key trait for an ultra runner for sure. Mm. Well, before I let you go, I'm going to play the game that we always play with guests on the podcast. We're going to a desert island for a year, okay? You have to give me your desert island picks. You have to bring with you, you ready? One book, one album, one food or meal, and one beer, okay? This is for a year. And you can do this however you want. These could be your favorite things. I've had people say, well, you know, it wouldn't be my first choice of beers, but if it's going to be a desert island, I'm going to be really hot, so I want this kind of beer. However you want to conceptualize it, all okay. right? One book for a year. So one book. Maybe The Stranger by Albert Camus. <laughs> Very highfalutin. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. One book, one movie. One movie. No, no not movie. One album. <laughs> one album. Um, probably Our Lady Peace, Spiritual Machines. Oh, okay. That's not one I'm familiar with. Um, It's 97, I think it came out. Okay. Okay. What kind of music? Um, Alternative. Okay. Nice. Canadian um, band. Cool. One food or meal? I probably have to go pizza. Sure. That's mine too. Yeah. One beer. West Kill or otherwise. Um, sorry, West Kill. It's it's gotta be left hand bittersweet. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's a good one. Would not have been my choice, but I like it. Very cool. Jim, thanks so much for coming on. I uh, look forward to hopefully getting a run in with you sometime in the future once uh you get recovered and I get back into the swing of things. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And um Good luck at JFK. I'm sure I'll talk to you before then. And uh, yeah, good luck in the uh, Ultra Run of the Year voting because it's going to be interesting this year. Um, it will be, yeah. Yeah, and I think, I, I mean, certainly you're going to get some you're going to get some attention. 
definitely for performance of the year. And uh, I think you'll get some some top 10 votes as well. So good luck with that as, uh, also. Thank you for joining us tonight and the Pain Cave. And until next time, keep putting one foot in front of the other. The years have been long and tough, but I'm not dead. Happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof above my head. I'm not jaded, just been faded like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seen too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I looked at the night sky in the wonderment. And ride the bus, feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there. I was still young. I was still young. I was still